Hello everyone, how's it going today? Just a bit of context so you're not lost in this clip. This is a clip from an interview we did with Nicolas Constantinescu, who's a former McKinsey AP. It's in episode number 21 of the podcast, so if you want to listen to the full interview, you know where to find it. It's episode 21 of the Case Interview Podcast. And if you want to learn the six types of questions interviewers can ask you in case interviews and get a detailed step-by-step -step approach in how to answer them, plus a few drills so you can practice your new learned skills, go to craftingcases.com course and join our free course. It's going to be free forever. It's a seven-day long course. And, well, let's get right to the clip. How would you describe how most candidates prepare? Because I think it's nice to have the before and after so people who are listening can can compare what they're doing and, and they can see themselves like, am I in the track that will reach a plateau or am I in the right track? Yeah, yeah, okay, good. It makes sense why you ask the question. So this is going to be a gross generalization, right? But probably it applies to some degree to a large number of people. And in this gross generalization, what I would say is that like people's approach is to do as many cases as possible. And they spent, let's say the huge majority of these cases they do with like other, let's say peers. So other aspiring candidates, and then very few they do with like other kinds of people, e.g. current consultants. That's generally like, I'm again, it's probably simplifying and you know, it's an average. And of course we know the average is never the case for anyone. Everybody deviates from the average, but that's kind of like the gross generalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many cases is that? How many cases is as many cases as possible in your experience? Oh, I, I mean, I see people who go up to like 80 cases, but I think the plateauing, I only have anecdotal evidence here, but I think the plateauing tends to start earlier. Like it'll start around 30 or something like that. Yeah, 30 is our magic number. Like after 30 cases, if you're plateauing, you shouldn't be doing more cases necessarily. Yeah. What I think about what you said is I agree that quantity is not quality, but at first it can be. There is a certain aspect to quantity that when you're starting out, just, you know, do some cases, get the feel of it. And then for some people, it's like 20, others it's 30. And then they got the hang of it. And after that, you can throw more cases in, but it's not necessarily going to help you, right? Julia was describing, before we hopped into this podcast, Julia was describing his view of the candidate preparation journey, and I found it very interesting. You want to share that, Julia? Yeah, I'm a bit of a cynical. I kind of trust this generalization because I've seen it way more times than I wish I had. But... What I see is that candidates will first read a book and get overconfident because once you read a book, you feel like you've solved it, like you got it. And then they'll do a ton of cases, like five or 10. That's not a ton, but it's quite a few cases for a beginner. And those cases are super important because that's where they get thrown to the ground. Their theories all go out the window, right? And they get super frustrated because they notice that it's not that simple. And then they'll move on into a phase where they develop their own framework based on the cases that they've seen, which are generally not so good with not so good candidates. And then, then they reach a plateau because one of two things happen. Either they're practicing with bad partners, like you said, like their peers using easy cases and not really knowing how to interview and how to be challenging, and they succeed 
their framework that has worked in all the simple cases they've done before still works and they just feel like they're doing super well until, of course, they get rejected because the cases they get in their BCG interview have nothing to do with the ones that they were practicing with. Or they reach a plateau in another way, which is they will do cases with realistic cases with good interviewer candidates or consultants, but they won't know how to solve it because it simply doesn't work. Their techniques, their problem-solving techniques won't fit. But since they got thrown to the ground again, they have an opportunity, right? Because they know that something isn't working. And from then on, they depend on a little bit of luck. Because what happens to the people who pass, who get offers, is somehow something clicks and they realize that they need to develop their problem-solving skills and they figure out how, right? Either they see a problem being solved in six or seven different ways, or a consultant tells them something that clicks to them, or, you know, Bruno and I try to develop those clicking moments in our content all the time. So maybe they watch one of the case interview fundamentals video or watch one of the YouTube videos. We try to place them inside the mindset, the idea that you get to solve the problem like a real life problem, not like a school test where you have to find the right answer. That's kind of how I see it. Thank you for listening to the Case Interview Podcast. If you want to get more insights into how to prepare like the best candidates and increase your chances of getting your dream offer, you can listen to our entire back catalog starting from episode one. In fact, some of our best episodes are the ones we recorded early on. And if you want to go deeper and learn our best case-solving techniques, we welcome you to join our free course called Case Interview Fundamentals. And you can get instant access to it at craftingcases.com course. Now, I hope to see you in the next episode or in one of the previous ones.